Hello, everybody, and welcome to our very first episode from Equality in Business, our podcast to create awareness about equality in the business world by actively engaging students about relevant topics in a professional manner. My name is Laura, and I'm a master's student at Catholica Business School in Lisbon, a member of the Equality in Business Student Club. In today's episode, we will discuss a very, very interesting topic I personally really like. We will talk today about diversity in the recruitment process. What makes the diverse recruiting process so special and what needs to be taken into account during this procedure? So I'm more than happy to introduce my today's interview partner, Nick Frey from Avomind, who will discuss the topic with me today. Hello, Nick. Welcome. It is so nice to have you here and talk to you today. Hello, Laura. Thank you very much for inviting me. Very happy to talk to you and uh, very happy to be part of your podcast and awareness building project. Excited to start. <laughs> Perfect. I'm also excited. So for our listeners, Nick is CEO and founder of the Berlin-based recruitment startup called Abomind. Abomind provides a platform for connecting high potential graduates with fast-growing firms. For talents, they provide access to a network of various firms and personal guidance to find the best suitable job for oneself. And for firms, they provide top talents with a data-driven evaluation of their mindset, attitude, and also their skill set, what in my opinion sounds super interesting and innovative. I know from recent conversations with Nick that he's also planning a lot of initiatives to create awareness for equality in business topics, and he has a vision for the future. I'm already looking forward to discuss with him. So Nick, as an icebreaker, we like to introduce a new ritual in our podcast episodes. So uh, I personally have to admit, I'm a huge podcast fan, and it somehow seems kind of cool to establish specific rituals in every podcast episode. So in order to create a more relaxed and chill atmosphere, I would like you to complete the two following statements. First statement, equality means to me. <laughs> All right. Second statement, an ideal workspace deals with. <laughs> now it's your turn. Okay, let's start. So... Um... Equality means to me, that's a good question. So I guess it means that um, every person can have chances to succeed in life, uh, whatever success means, because it might be different to every, every individual. Uh, I think that they, they should have a chance to succeed in life based on their merits, abilities, target setting, hard work, and not because the way they look, how they act and what they are and which group do they belong to. That's number one. Uh, number two, I guess, uh, continuing the topic of equality, I guess it's a goal. It's a work in progress for all of us, where equality is about celebration of diversity, a uh, chance to have better societal economical outcomes, uh, where individuals can succeed in fields where they are strong in. Uh, they can pursue their dreams with, and they can achieve them with hard work, with dedication, with motivation. But... Uh, basically removing the glass ceilings which which exist. Um, in terms of the um, uh, the second one, the was the dream workplace, right? Yeah, true. So the dream workplace, I guess, is uh, a place where individuals, let's say, in a professional setting, are focused on their goal achievement, on their targets, uh, and with as discussed, dedication, hard work, they can achieve them, and uh, they don't need to adjust, let's say, their appearance. Uh, their form and what they are. I mean, obviously, in any business setting, you need to somehow adjust anyway to your customers or your clients because that's how business works. But 
adjusting to the customer is one thing, adjusting yourself uh, for your colleagues or let's say for, uh, for the entire environment is a completely different thing. So I think that an ideal workplace for me is when people work hard, do what they can, do what they love, uh, push and can achieve it. Perfect. So first of all, thank you, Nick, for your input. So based on your answers, which kind of visions and aspects are you already putting into practice at Abermind? And especially, like, how are you doing it already? Well, I guess there are two elements, right? There is the working with our clients and uh, there are internal processes. So, for example, when we talk about our clients' work uh, and our, let's say, business model, to us, uh, equality is when we reach out to candidates we um, first of all are aware of our inclined biases and we first of all try not to uh, let's say oversee the candidates who you would otherwise oversee uh, for which we also do trainings we also do let's say every month sessions in terms of what kind of candidates do we submit what kind of candidates do we work with what what work do we deliver to our clients because i think it's very also it's very easy to uh, slip these things through fingers and not be, don't just notice. It's very important to be aware of what you do and why you do things and why do you present certain candidates mm -hmm. because when you are aware, you at least can act on that. That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, in terms of business outcomes and equality, it's also about, for us, networking with various communities to also have a broader set of candidates, a broader... Uh, pool of candidates with a more diversified experiences, so to say, which is also quite important. Because to me, equality, diversity are fairly uh, close to uh, bent one another, right? In terms of our own company, uh, as discussed, we have certain processes where we discuss awareness on the one hand. On the other hand, um, it's also very important both for my team, my co-founder, to proactively act on these things. Okay, perfect. So you mentioned already a lot of different aspects we will probably also come come back to during the uh, episode so um first of all i would um before moving on i would like to know um, how this vision basically start for you personally so you told us before mm -hmm. um and you already mentioned as well that also um for you um it is very important um within the company Abermind uh, to create general awareness for diversity topics yeah both for your clients, but also for your employees and offering trainings, etc. How did this vision start for you? So um, when you, when we did some research about you, we saw mm -hmm. that uh, your academic background is in economics, public administration, political science, and you also worked in operations for a long time in your professional life. So um, what interests us is what spiked your interest in this topic of diversity? Well, I guess there are um, two elements. Uh, first is uh, throughout my career, I was uh, fairly lucky to work in a truly global company where we had very both a very global team, but also very global, very global clients and, pseudo, uh, and pool of clients. And it was very, very clear that the more diversified is your team, the more opinions you have, the more perspectives do you have, the more experiences do you have, the closer you understand your clients, the closer you service them. Right. It's not at our mind. It's my previous mm -hmm. experience. And I was lucky enough to start my career at such an organization and also see how important is it to understand different cultures, to understand different perspectives, to understand how 
differently but similar world works and how do different background team members offer different suggestions over different client outcomes and uh, how uh, simply better clients are serviced the business is just more efficient to a certain extent uh, on the one hand mm-hmm. on the other hand i guess it's also a very personal topic because my me myself i uh, am a first generation immigrant uh, again i was very privileged to be in germany and despite of all of the problems obviously it's not an ideal society not an ideal country but i i think the guys in germany did a pretty good job in allowing uh, different groups of people to integrate obviously groups of people are also different and uh, the levels of integration is different but let's put it this way while i obviously did experience some very soft level of you know discrimination in terms of being called to apartments being called to internships for interviews being called to jobs when i when i was younger but it was definitely not strong so mm. i definitely was privileged enough but i there is definitely it's definitely a topic it's definitely not perfect and it definitely has to be worked on when people are not invited because they have wrong names when people are not invited to interviews or apartments or jobs when they have not a perfect accent uh it all exists and i think it's very very important also for us to act on that and when i was building the company me and the team we decided that we you know it's very easy not to act it's much harder to act and we decided that it's very important for us to you know bring action to it to to the best abilities we can yeah thank you you already mentioned it um so our topic today is especially diversity recruiting so when we talk about diverse recruiting, what are basically the differences between the usual recruitment process and a diverse recruitment? So how do you think the recruitment process should be structured? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I guess, listen, I guess to, to us at Evermind and to me personally, it's much more about the, our own awareness and the pool of candidates. Who do we talk to? Who do we reach out to? How do we screen people? With which individuals do we uh, do we engage when we screen for jobs versus versus let's say a process itself, right? For us, it's much more about creating a much wider pool of candidates, interacting with various uh, communities, interacting with partnering other companies, uh, which also embrace diversity. Um, being out there publishing a job our jobs there being at campuses and also interacting with let's say uh, uh, let's say student clubs which also embrace diversity versus structuring about process more closely to it because i think one of the key elements and when we talk about let's say um, glass ceiling is that people simply don't apply and for us it's much more about mm-hmm. awareness building also for us that we reach out to those individuals but also well those different individuals right Uh, but also that raising their awareness that the jobs exist, you can work with us, we will help you, you should apply, you should try yourself, and we will help you with everything we can, right? Because to us, it's much mm-hmm. more that than creating, let's say, any specific process. This process is very similar for everybody, but it's just for us, it's just being out there. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the fact that um, a lot of people just don't apply, mm-hmm. Um, what I also what I saw recently is that um, a lot of companies um, also writing in their descriptions for job profiles um, in a different manner. So when you go to Stepstone, Indeed, or other other platforms, um, and you're looking for a job internships or whatever, 
there's often an explanation in the job profile. Like, we are happy about applications from people from all ethnic backgrounds, religions, or with disabilities, etc. Is that an approach you personally endorse? Well, I mean, some uh, there are very few of such jobs. And uh, whenever, whenever companies write that, that's great. They definitely should. Anything which they can promote, they should. On the one hand. On the other hand, also, many other companies write elements like uh, native language, whichever the language preferred. And whenever you, let's say, uh, specify it on the native language, specify it in a very niche field of experience, you by default cut out a lot of other candidates, right? And you by mm -hmm. default uh, make a very unexclusive work. So yes, there is a very, let's say, limited part of roles which uh, embrace diversity, but there is a very large part of roles which doesn't. Yes, sure, I think it's a great idea to do it, but I think it's uh, much better. Um, so for us, when we work with our clients, it's not about specifying job roles, specifically targeting diversity. Uh, for us, it's all about, um, you know, working with companies and going to communities, going to different parts of, let's say, candidates pool and offering them more average jobs and reaching diversified communities with standardized jobs versus then, let's say, telling the jobs towards a particular community. That's much more important for us mm -hmm. because communities are different. By specifying, you cut out a massive group of people and so often people don't apply for a job because it says, I don't know, German native, English native, French native, Spanish native, although they speak it at the C2 level, for example, right? And by default, they're out. And uh, I think it's very important to also raise the awareness that they can apply, that they should apply, that it's fine. Um, yeah, that's mm -hmm. how I see it. Mm -hmm. um, do you have some specific uh, organizations in mind or like you mentioned, candidate pools and community? Um, so it's seems like a specific initiative you're pursuing to integrate or having a holistic, uh, diverse recruiting uh, approach. So uh, what is your approach in that? So how do you act um, in mm -hmm. terms of the specific candidate pools to proactively contact them? Yeah, so I think there are uh, two different elements, right? There are student clubs and every single university has mm -hmm. various clubs supporting various, uh, let's say, initiatives, uh, groups of people with... Uh, Uh, let's, let's say LGBT communities, um, various ethnic communities. So many schools have very, various different clubs which, which we approach and work with on the one hand. On the other hand, we also aim to talk and partner with, uh, let's say, larger job boards, which are also specified, um, specialized on, uh, let's say, diversity communities. For example, we've been in touch with uh, and are in touch with MyG Work. Uh, they specialize on LGBTQ+. Uh, hiring and they're doing an awesome job with, uh, for individuals with disabilities who are looking for jobs and we also try to publish our jobs there mm -hmm. and try to direct there and somehow also be there for them put ourselves on the map so to say and try to direct with them as much as possible okay so um yeah as you um, already explained there are a lot of different aspects that need to be taken into account for a uh, diverse recruiting approach, especially if you proactively contact them, because there are a lot of people out there who are not even applying for specific um, yeah, job positions. So for me, on the one hand, it also seems like a lot of effort you're putting into, into that. So um, from a basic economic perspective, 
how do you believe diverse recruitment makes a company more profitable? So you already mentioned it a, li mm -hmm. it a little bit, um, but maybe you can you can elaborate a little bit more on that. Um, I guess to me it would be, first of all, each company wants to hire best people. Uh, and best people come from different backgrounds. And when you offer to your clients, or let's say when, when companies see more uh, applications from competent people, they definitely benefit out of it. Because way too often, very similar people apply and not similar people don't apply. And it's very important to also raise awareness that, you know, other types of individuals with other types of backgrounds do apply to various jobs. Uh, way too often, let's say, at management consulting, there are people from top five schools, top five internship background, and nobody else. If you would look at LinkedIn, it's very, very, very similar. And the diversity is sometimes just not there, which is why it's so important to... And, they, and by the way, they do want to hire management consulting firms, right? They do embrace, but people sometimes mm -hmm. don't just believe they can push through it. They don't apply. So for us, it's also very important to go out there and say, hey, this is a great job. You've done X, Y, Z. Uh, these are your skills. You definitely fit. That's number one. Number two, in terms of uh, actual business outcomes, I guess it's, uh, as I mentioned before, right? It's more diversified teams understand their clients and customers better. More, uh, which means uh, more effective business, which means... Uh, more well i would not say faster but let's say closer to market outcomes for the business and i guess it's also about uh making other decisions because obviously you know everybody's different and people obviously make anyway different decisions and anyway have different opinions but experiences previous experiences do matter a lot if you have a more diversified team, if your team has different experiences in life, if your team has different, uh, belongs to different communities, they definitely will provide also a broader set of ideas, which would also allow your business to flourish. I believe in that. Mm -hmm. What is also very important is that I believe that people relate diverse companies with being in a good organization as well, like an organization with good reputation and people want to be part of these diverse teams and uh, having diversity in organizations means having more creative ideas, as you already said, like more creative thinking and especially more innovation. And this is what people, especially younger generations, want nowadays, in my opinion. Exactly. Or maybe not even, uh, maybe it's not even about creativity, just really about understanding how your company can add value closer to your customers. Right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. It, it doesn't even have to be creative. It just has to be, uh, you know, sometimes companies make super creative opinions and super creative ideas, which are just far away from their actual customer base. Whereas it doesn't have to be that creative. It just has to correspond to the needs of, you know, society, customers, economy. Yes. Perfect. So there's um, another point I would also like to address. Um, it's the government. So uh, based on the government in various countries, there are already existing different institutional approaches in order to combat discrimination in organizations. Like in, in the Netherlands, it is race relations, politics, etc. Um, do you think that the German government especially should be responsible to create more awareness for diversity recruiting in the business world? So, for example, Belgium and the Netherlands established um, specifically for minority recruiting and uh, quality monitoring mm -hmm. in order to observe the proportionality of minority workers and other employees and organizations. How do you feel about that? I think it's a very complex topic and I'm definitely not an expert in this how to do it better 
also to be fair, I definitely have mixed opinions about that because, uh, you know, items like uh, creating quotas, who decides who is a minority, who is not, uh, where do the boundaries stretch, where do they stop and why, how close can you map the society to a company, especially let's say we're talking about a company of 100 people, how close can you do that? And do you even want to do that? Not an expert for sure. Uh, government should be, in my opinion, rather focused on education, on providing better opportunities for education, providing better opportunities to the job market, uh, promoting jobs, promoting job fairs, uh, giving access to disadvantaged individuals who can't get access to education for any of the reasons, just for example, because they need to work and not go to university, for example, right? So I think these elements definitely help a lot. And I think the job of the government is rather to create chances than to uh, put quotas because quotas, to me, the question is always who decides, what are the quotas, what are they based on, what are the boundaries? And I think it's it's just way too complex to map that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um... I also think that it's a very complex topic, um, especially regarding the quota topic and also the whole general benchmarking um, topic. I I still believe that there is somehow a necessity uh, of doing something because um, I could imagine that there are a lot of companies who don't recognize themselves as being maybe discriminating or even racist because there's somehow the no problem here attitude. So nobody would would think about their self that they are they have somehow discriminating behavior so this is maybe this could be the reason why the maybe a neutral um uh, neutral entity should try to act something but i really liked your um like your formulation that you said that they that the government should try to um yeah create chances instead so this is something um i also believe is quite important for the future so um, my last question um, for you, Nick, is um, that if you need to summarize a very diverse recruitment process in three major steps, which steps are necessary to be successful in diversity recruitment? Mm, I guess it's, mm, first of all, build awareness within your team. Uh, understand your own bias, mm-hmm. understand your own inclined bias. Everybody has that. You, however, you need to be aware of that. Uh, whenever you talk to, uh, talk to candidates, whenever you screen select candidates, it's very easy to oversee somebody who doesn't fit uh, the usual, and it's very important not to, or at least being aware of that to to be able to act on that, that's number one. Number two, it's very important also to uh, interact with various communities and not just uh, use the, uh, the standard very narrow channels. I think it's very important to be out there, interact with various different student clubs, very different graduates clubs, uh, various different partnership organizations which are just out there and the offers are there but you definitely need to make that corrective step it's very easy not to make the step uh and last element is also to uh if we're talking about let's say agencies or platform business is to actually present candidates to clients uh because i think that's also very often companies don't because they would know that the clients have their own biases and they would adjust to clients and i think that uh any agency mission is to our mission is to um, provide best candidates to our clients based on skills, uh, based on their attitudes, based on their professionalism, based on what they can achieve, based on outcomes. And it's very important to present regardless of 
let's say, to which group do, do they belong? Thanks a lot for uh, answering all the questions. Um, I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity to talk to you and yeah, having such a nice and vivid discussion with you. So um, I personally hope that there will be a lot of changes in terms of yeah, dealing with diversity in organizations and their companies are creating the same mindset you are already following with Avamind. Um, so the very last words from our episode are for Unic. The stage is yours. One last time, whatever you would like to address to the audience. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was definitely a joy speaking to you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, thank you so much for uh, building awareness. Thank you very much for introducing the podcast. I think it's super important that you do that. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank it you. was really great talking to you. And um, uh, glad to stay in touch and we'll follow your podcast going forward. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Nick. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for everybody who was listening to our episode today. Our next episode will be published on the 1st of May and we will have another interesting discussion with our very valuable interview partner, Sarah Cordivano, who is diversity and inclusion professional. And we will talk about creating an inclusive workspace. See you then.